instead of looking at all the walls around you in fear, there's something greater that you need to see. But you can't do that until you reconciled what you've signed up for. This is the Worship Team Training Podcast. Now, here's your host, Brandon Dempsey. Hey, podcast, what's up? Thank you so much, friends, worship leaders, pastors, and team members, tech, for downloading and subscribing to the Worship Team Training Podcast. We're so glad that you're with us. Thank you also for listening to us through iTunes, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, wherever else that you can find us. And welcome our university members that are watching us. Guests for the first time, welcome. Charter members and guys who've been with us for a long time, thank you so much for being a member here at WTTU.co. Welcome back. Guys, we have a great show today and of encouragement for this podcast. Also, what's coming up on the program, we have Travis Dustier, worship leader and songwriter with Harvest Bible Church. You don't want to miss that. And also catch up from last week with John Egan. Be sure to sign up for the newsletter at worshipteentraining.com slash subscribe or or slash newsletter, either one, and you'll find it. Also, you just go to the homepage at worshipteentraining.com. Don't miss it. All right, so we last week talked about faith walking. We're going to take it a step further. So I'm convinced that there's many of us right now that simply need to reconcile what we've signed up for. I think one of the most terrible things that we can do is fight against ourselves when really God has called us to take that step and actually face our fear. Now, in in lieu of this message that I have for you today, something also happened to my personal life, which I'm going to share with you in just a little bit. But I think the the greater enormity of what's around us within our ministries, when we lead worship, sometimes we can um, not connect reality of events of what's happening. I find that a lot of worship leaders and pastors even say, yeah, but this is not really what I'm doing for the church that is, leading worship or leading a service. It's not really connected to my personal life because I can separate that. And there's also things where, um, or rather there's a thought process of, well, I need to separate it because I want to focus on leading and that's all good. But I think that it's unrealistic and unbiblical to completely separate our personal life from what we do week in and week out because we are intertwined and the way that God made us, we cannot help to cut off the humanity for the sake of trying to be something spiritual. I think what God is drawing us to is to connect the humanity to the spiritual. And we see that in the life of Moses. So I'm going to go into... um, the story of, of what we've been through in relation to Exodus chapter 14. Now, members, we're on page 88. It's called Worship Through Faith. We were talking about walking. Now it's about worshiping. So how am I going to tie all these things together? Well, just listen and find out because I'm also, my prayer for you this day as you're listening, it fills you with encouragement and a good word of what God is speaking to your heart. Let's jump in. So how different would things be if we live life with a biblical perspective? Earthly challenges and spiritual battles rest in the victory of Jesus, not in us. So I've derived that from 2 Chronicles 32.8 and Psalm 27. Uh, Let's see what Psalm chapter 20 verse 7 says. 
It says this right here. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. How fitting is that to talk about the story of Moses? We can put our trust in so many other things, even in our own worship leading abilities, the way that we may create music or create art. You know, I find that we can trust in those things more at times than what the Lord is doing within our personal life. In other words, I could put so much energy, if I put so much faith, if I put so much time into what I'm doing artistically or ministerially, then that will help eradicate the problems that's going on in my personal life. How untrue is that? How foolish that is to think if we just pour all of our time into what we can work, into what we can do physically, it will make the spiritual thing over here better. So far from the truth. We're told in James that if we work without faith, our works are dead. So think about that for a moment. How much time are you pouring into the fear? How much time are you pouring into the walls that may be around you that you're thinking, man, if I just work this hard, then spiritually over here, this or my personal life, or this will change, or that will be affected, or even God will honor my work. God will honor my prayers because I'm putting so much time and then God's going to bless us over here. That's in a way, how is that different from testing God? When we look at the way God loves us, it's unconditionally, meaning that there's nothing we can do in our part for grace. That's what Ephesians chapter 2 tells us. It's, it's by faith that through grace we are saved, not of works by ourselves, which ties back into the Psalms that some trust in chariots and horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. There is nothing that we can do apart from that. So why do we think in our busyness and our ministries, we can try to make something great for the efforts of God to take care of this over here? When you think about the story of Moses, Moses had that same problem. How could just one man take all of these thousands of people that have been in exile in Egypt for 400 years and just one day, poof, they're gone. Could you imagine if God came to you and said, hey, I want you to do this one thing. And you're kind of thinking, well, that's not just one thing, God. This is like 20 billion things. How am I going to lead your people out of Egypt? I know that, that in my heart when I read the scripture, we know from the experience what Moses went through that this was a difficult task. But it wasn't so much that. I think, you know, what what stood out to me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go through this. What stood out to me was the the bigger picture of not just them leaving Egypt, but what they had to face after that. What Moses had to face after that. So let me take you through a story of what my family and I've been through. And this just happened within like a week ago. And so I'm here trying to, you know, do my job within the church and here at Worship Team Training and trying to get things, you know, ready. Um, had a good morning starting out, and then my wife calls me with this bad, bad news. In fact, it was so bad that on the call, I could feel my heart just drop to my stomach. And I'm thinking, Lord, what are we going to do? This is, 
not what I had expected. You brought us from one place to another, and now here we are. How is this gonna how is this gonna work? My wife and I were in limbo of this circumstance for a week, just kind of wondering, okay, what's gonna happen here? Why is this happening over there? And how are we gonna make it through to here? You may have had those thoughts as well with whatever that you may be going through. And for us, it wasn't so much the question of, God, why is this happening? I mean, yes, we had those human thoughts, but I think for me personally and what I share with my wife, it's it, I looked at her and said, honey, it's, it, this is more of a, well, what's God going to do next? I mean, we know that God is going to do something. God just doesn't I, – I don't believe at all within Scripture that – God just allows bad things to happen to us. I don't believe that. I believe that we live in a fallen world, according to what Romans 3 tells us, and that we're um, we're in a sinful world, and sinful man has infiltrated the lives of everyone, and including the church. We fall ourselves. We make mistakes. We live in a fallen world. So that explains one thing of why bad things can happen. But then you ask, well, then, but if bad things happen and God sees it, why would God allow it? Because we have by faith to believe that God sees it in his sovereignty of his whole encompassing focus to take care of that situation. But in the interim, it's something greater that God is doing within our heart. So this leads us back to Moses. Moses brings the people out of exile, right? Brings them out of Egypt. The bigger thing they had to face was what? crossing the Red Sea. So there they are before the Red Sea. Moses has not even stretched his hand out yet. Could you imagine standing on that beach and seeing what would be an impossible, you probably, you know, I don't even know if, if the Israelites even knew they had to cross that sea. I think, you know, one perspective could be they were told by Moses that, yes, we're going to cross this sea. And okay, Moses, no problem. Or it could have been a complete surprise. They arrived on the scene. They see this water, and they're like, okay, Moses, now what? You brought, to, you brought us to a dead end, and now we also have the Egyptians behind us that are going to attack us. Do, do you understand, Moses, what you got us in? I mean, that Moses was pressed with the situation of his own people and the tyranny of the Egyptian rulers and Pharaoh, also the impossibility of without God, we can't cross this sea. So Moses trusted God. That's what made the difference. And what's interesting about this whole um, picture is that I'm studying what I'm telling you right now from Exodus 14. I'm studying this scripture and this story myself as my wife and I are going through our own what seems to be near tragedy. And I'm thinking, God, okay, we have this chasing us right now. We have this before us right now. Here we are in the middle. Okay, so by faith, Lord, I'm trusting in you. By faith, I'm asking you to do the impossible. And my only reliance is upon you, not upon the things that I do for you, the things I do in the church, the things I do with my family. It's my faith alone and my works that say, God, I'm going to step out and I'm going to walk and I'm going to trust you. And I don't know what's going to happen. Moses had that same, must have had that same impression, and the people had that same impression when God 
check this out, began to lead them, to lead them right to the, to the Red Sea. Now, I want you to picture the scripture verse because this is what really stuck out to me. Exodus 14, 19. Now, this is interesting. Many of you remember in the story that God is leading the Israelites uh, a, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. But what maybe you've forgotten, it, at least I'm speaking for myself, I've forgotten that there is a third party in that whole situation. Check this out. So in, this, in uh, chapter 14, verse 18, the Egyptians will know that I'm the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and the horsemen. Okay, so that kind of debunks real quickly. Uh, it proves the point of what Psalms 20 tells us. We don't put our trust in these things because God is going to gain his glory through these things of evil that we think we see or put our trust in even. It goes on. Check this out. Verse 19. Now, this is when, you know, uh, all Israelites are being led to the sea. Okay? Let's picture this for a second. You got the cloud. You got the fire leading them. Now this. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army. Do you see that? The angel of God who had been traveling in front of Israel's army. Okay, wait a minute. Where in the story was that angel? Because when you go back through the beginning of chapter 14, chapter 13, there is no mention. At least I don't find it. And if, and if somebody else finds it, please let me know so I can be corrected. But I don't see any reference of an angel being in front of Israel until just now. It's like, wait a minute. It goes on to say, the angel of the Lord had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. So the angel went behind, the angel was in front, now is behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them. So now they're, now you got the angel of God who wasn't mentioned before, and now the pillar of cloud also moved behind Israelite. Israel and and coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel so the angel of God and the pillar made a wall to keep out the Egyptian army what I find interesting about that is this, the angel of God was always before the people even when the people couldn't see what God was doing God's presence was there leading them. And just like as we go through our tragedies, God is leading even when we feel like we can't or even if we if we don't understand or even if we don't see him, we trust God that he's invisibly working through all the impossibilities. It gets better, okay? It gets better. Verse 20, coming between the armies of um, Egypt and Israel, throughout the night... The cloud brought darkness to one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. Now check this out. This is when it gets really, really scary. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. I say scary because now the armies are mounting up, and yeah, you got the pillar behind you protecting you, but you're still going towards the sea, and you know the enemy is still right over the, right over the way. So here's what's interesting. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and that all that night the Lord drove back the sea 
back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on the right and on the left. Now, what I find really interesting about all of this, God has his hand on Israel. And what's interesting about it is that God doesn't just, when you read this passage, he doesn't just divide the sea quickly and poof, there it is. It says all night long. So God is holding up, beginning to hold up water all night long that's taking probably, it's a process. It's not just quick, there you go, the water's receded and you guys can pass through. So think about that for a second. What waters in your life, like what the Israel Israelites saw, is mounting up? And you see all the terror on either side of you, the armies behind you, the sea in front of you, and now you're having the wall of the sea going up around you. Could you imagine that happening in reality? The, the, the sea itself, the walls of the sea being mounted up around you. And, it, and at one point, there had to have been somebody just fearing, like, I know God is here, but wow, I see all these waters above me and around me and I can't even see and now we're going through the depths I really believe my friends that it's that point where God wants us to reconcile who we are in those moments who we are period standing before holy God so that whatever that we do sign up for in life and when tragedy does come we reconcile that by going through the process not by going around it not poof being done with it but God had this process where we had to, we have to trust. We have a choice. We don't have to trust. But with everything going up around you, here's, here's what struck me. And this relates to my circumstance with my wife. We were beginning to see the very depth of this tragedy that was taking place in her family. And we're at the bottom. It's almost like looking up and seeing the wall of waters around. And then God spoke to me and said, Brandon, it is not the wall of waters that scare you. Don't let the terror and the the tyranny and the fear that seems to mount up around you, instead of that, being scared by that, rather look at what's all around you as the awesomeness of God. So instead of you fearing about the tragedy and everything around you, look at it as the awesomeness of God rising around you. And that's all that you can see. Now, this relates to a new song, Fight My Battles. We, we're doing this in our church, and I hope that you know it. But you need, you need to find the full verse in that song and listen to the verses. It's, a, it's the full version, uh, not just the chorus and bridge section. But I found that song close to my heart in reference to what God was doing through me, um, doing to me in Scripture. And that the battles may be all around me. And what does that bridge section say? I may be surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. And in that midst, in this midst of what God is doing, what tragedy may be appearing and all the things that may be happening around you right now that seem to be closing in, instead of you looking at it as fear or that's going to overcome you, look at it as God's awesomeness that's going to overcome it. So flip that perspective around. 
Hey friends, before we conclude with this podcast message, I want to let you know that it also comes from a brand new ebook that I've released called Joy, and it's about the joy in worship. Get it with the membership when you join WTTU.co. And also, just ask you, you know, do you agree with this podcast, disagree? Have I opened your eyes to something? Uh, let us know. Let me know. You can find us on our socials, Twitter at WorshipTT, Instagram at WorshipTeenTraining. Even better, email me. Brandon at worshipteentraining.com. And if you find these podcasts helpful, why not have this kind of spiritual development and practical music training for skill development that comes right to your church in a Friday and Saturday workshop? Visit worshipteentraining.com slash workshops and learn, learn what it means to have an intuitive and fun, creative way to step up the skills and heart of your worship team. Best of all, we come to you. Check out worshipteentraining.com slash workshops. Also, be sure to sign up for our newsletter at worshipteentraining.com. Get the free book when you become a member, also at wttu.co. Now let's return to the conclusion of our podcast. I find that in our walk with God, we succumb too often to the waves and to the fear that we think is going to sweep us over, and we just give in. And instead of embracing God himself, we embrace the negative and think, oh, well, this is just going to happen anyway. But has God brought you really all the way this far, like the Israelites, just to let you go now, just for you to sink or swim? I don't think so. We have a hope that is our anchor. If we do not stand firm in our faith, we will not stand at all. God's word reminds us that we are to be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. That comes from 1 Corinthians 16, 13. You may see everything else around you, but God is the one that's surrounding you. You may see all the walls that may be happening, but God is the one who claims victory because it's his awesomeness that surrounds you. So let that happen. Let's pray together. And this closing prayer, just to ask God of whatever that is surrounding you, that it would be the Lord himself that's given you victory to both fight and to reconcile. Lord Jesus, thank you. And we just ask that in these times of, um, of fear and, and tragedy and whatever that we may be going through, that you are the awesome God that surrounds us over all things. And Father, through faith and through your word, we find resilience, we find strength, we find comfort and courage and trust. So God, let these things be the waters that billow up inside of us, the waters of your Holy Spirit that overflow from our heart through our lips into the roofs, God, of our homes, of our lives, of our churches, of our communities, that you alone would be praised. Father, I pray for each worship leader, team member, pastor and tech listening, that you would fill them too with the waters of your Holy Spirit so that you may overcome all the impossibilities and that you would allow us to cross into that next pleasant and loving land that you have for us, to land on safe ground. Father, thank you that you're here with us and help us continue to keep our eyes on you. In Jesus' name. 
Friends, I pray that today's podcast encouraged you. And just ask that if you would, leave us a five-star rating at iTunes, iHeart, wherever else that you find this podcast. And if you would better, please share this podcast with a friend. So guys, we love you. we see you back next time on our Monday morning podcast, Bible study for worship. And remember, you don't need to be perfect. Just let the Lord lead you both in life and in worship daily. Love you. See you soon. Bye. This has been a worship team training broadcast and digital production with your host and training director, Brandon Dempsey. Worship team training provides live workshops and online resources to help inspire, create, and transform the leading of worship. We'll see you again right here on worshipteamtraining.com.